Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Corn flakes. Corn flakes. Corn flakes. Corn flakes. fancy point. Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. It's the afternoon on a new day. And there it is, a little intake of breath. Um, We've got a real treat for you today, folks. Uh, Dragging him from his uh, earlier position in the morning that he holds, entertaining us, reflecting upon us. We're really, really lucky because across from me... Hi, I'm Cam Smith, by the way. Uh, is Tim Thorpe. Across from the, the, the screen between us. Yeah. Good afternoon. I was going to I say wonder, good morning, but it's good midday. I wonder if we'll ever take down these screens. Who knows? Uh, yes, since uh, the dawn of COVID and uh, diseases and such, we have uh, screens between us. I don't know, whoever had Perspex shares would have made a lot of money. Oh, yes. In the last uh, few years. Uh, we look back briefly over our shoulders to the eruditions of people whose cerebral cortexes are probably greater than ours, the scientists. I don't know about that. Yeah? You've got a pretty big cortex. Oh, well, not compared to these guys. They're mammoth. Huge. Uh, But, yes, interesting stuff. And uh, pondering interesting questions that if you brought a thylacine back from inside a piece of amber... Would it know what on earth it, they should do? <laughs> Who am I? What a, you know, 
<laughs> lost. Anyway, it was ponderous stuff. Um, and um, what have I done here? Just a little bit loose. Uh, I have to say, confession, um, a little bit tired today. How come? I might have stayed up a little bit late. <clears throat> and, um, and actually, uh, I forewent. For is that a word? Forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I had been invited to sort of like, you know, Don's party type things, but I resolutely said, no, 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 it's, it's Saturday's a kind of school night. And yeah. I, I promised Matt years ago that I wasn't going to go out all night and and be all messy in the morning <laughs> like I did a couple times uh, many moons ago. Um, but, yes, I um, stayed at home and... Um, Watched some significant events take place last night on the television. Uh, days of momentous change. Indeed. But and and you came in a very happy man, not sort of wishing to give away your polit- <laughs> political leaning. Yes. <laughs> Tired but happy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll do one little bit of editorialising um, because... Um, Again, my uh, the person who keeps me on the straight and narrow on the show is uh, Matt Steadman, Esquire. You know, and he says, "Cam, soapbox, easy." No, go for it. Go for it. Murdoch didn't win. I'll, I'll just say that, and and even with the outrageous uh, media concentration we have here and the propaganda that came out. And um, the one-sidedness of it all, and the the odds with all that media stacked against this country, the decency went up. I think. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, here's, can, can I ask you a question? Here's Tom with the weather. Here's Tom with the Yes. I just wanted to know. You know, everyone wants to know what's in it for themselves, really. A lot of people vote. You know, that's what sways them to vote, not for the general community and for greenness and everything. Oh, that's that's sort of tough for people like you and I sitting in microphones at a community radio station to sort of say. No, I'm not saying everybody. Oh, okay. But if it's going to tilt you over, yeah. You know, if you're a pensioner, for example, it might mean one thing. If you're a worker and if you own a a string of flats, whatever. Or breweries, yeah. What's in it for the food industry? Uh, What, this? uh, Any changes you see afoot? Uh, I'm putting it on the spot, sorry. Yeah, you are. You you most certainly are. I think um, uh, the political colour of the the government uh, isn't going to have as big an effect as... Uh, the inflation we're going to see, uh, the cost of goods getting more and more expensive, less and less money in people's wage packets to go out for with disposable income. Um, I think that's far more uh, prescient than, uh, than a new a new government. Uh, in the long term. Long term, yeah. Uh, being a, a marginally greener government. Yep. That's got to enlightened government. It's got to be mean something. Well, it's it? more teal, actually, if we're going to yeah. put it here in context of this town. I'm just thinking in terms of uh, produce and uh, farmland and all that sort of thing. Surely something that's a little greener. Will people don't think in the long term so mm. much? But yeah, no, they don't. That's <laughs> a bit of a problem, isn't it? With democracy, well, one of the greatest <coughs> problems of democracy, isn't it? That you just think in. Three, 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 three little, little. It's not really a big chunk. 
No. Not when you, you know, um, you should extrapolate out a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Um, the environment will be um, uh, more front and centre and, and, and seriously seen to. Um, I don't know whether it's going to stop uh, rapacious land development and us losing, potentially losing farmland at our doorsteps. That's probably a big thing. But yeah. We'll talk about that at some other oh. juncture on on the show. All right. Yeah. So 12.08 here on 3 RFM. It is the afternoon. Um, a, a lovely afternoon, I must say. Uh, and um, we have got some... Awesome guests in. <clears throat> Excuse me to uh, have a chat. Um, our first guest is a fabulous human, uh, Hannah Asafiri. She's in the green room, and I'm just delighted to uh, um, to have a chat with her, which will happen first of all. Best known for the iconic eating and meeting meeting place, Moroccan Soup Kitchen. Uh, but there's uh, changes afoot, and uh, rather than steal her thunder, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat um, about the Moroccan soup kitchen. What sort of a place it it inhabited in the in the the milieu of this of this town, and um, how she sees it going forward. So, a very very fascinating human being uh, about to come on the show, and then another one of my just. Favorite favorite women, Rosalind Grundy is going to be coming in from the Age Good Food Guide. She's been writing about food and commenting on food for many moons, and uh, they're they're bringing back the band, the Age Good Food Guide. The oh, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, well, there wasn't much point to it the last couple of years. You're sitting in an empty restaurant with no food. The kitchen's empty. The coffee machine's off. How are you going to review that experience? You know, <clears throat> and uh, so, but it is coming back. And uh, from what I've been uh, hearing, word on the street is that uh, there are a whole bunch of secret shoppers heading out and reviewing oh. places. It's it's happening, and. Um, Places are being reviewed and there will be a good food guide. But it does beg questions, doesn't it, folks, that if there's no staff around and if the staff around are, you know, um, not as well trained as they could be, how's that for a neutral way of putting it? Or possibly more stressed because of the extra workload. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Um, how do you mark that? How do you? What's your criteria for that? And then how do you benchmark that against other years where there wasn't a crisis like this? And then the other questions, like you know, what's what's good at the moment? You know, what have you been eating? What's the most amazing meal you've had? Hmm. I, I had a good meal the other day, actually. Yeah, I actually had a couple. I was lucky enough to go to regional Victoria, um, hosting a tour for Drink Victorian and. Melbourne Food and Wine Festival over two days. That was pretty bloody awesome. Um, some incredible experiences there. And uh, I posted one on Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, this place called Swift Creek Distillery. Oh. It's like this mythical place. It was outside of Mansfield and it's in this valley. And um, Hank Theory with his wife, they... Um, they make whiskey and gin um, 
completely off grid, completely sustain, self-sustaining. Um, the still that they've got is powered from a, a handmade boiler. It's beautiful, and and they get the timber off you know the ground because it's a fairly big property. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, we there was about uh, a dozen of us, and we sat in the shed. And had like a seven-course meal. There are all these other distillers around and they're all incorporating some of the booze into their food. It was just an amazing, amazing day. It really, really was. Anyway, if you want to check that out, it's on uh, Insta. We on, where do we find your Insta? What's it, what's, it, what's, it, what's it called? Is it uh, just under Cam Smith? Cam underscore Smith, eat it. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, Smith, Smith's a bit of a, you know, not an unusual name. It's not unusual, no. no. It's common as muck. Um, but uh, the other one, just as a, a quick uh, mention, I went to this place called Dubu in Box Hill because I was getting, like you, you got your flu shot done. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought, well, I'll go to, I think I went to Priceline, the chemist in, in Box Hill. And I thought, well, I'm not missing out on eating something while I'm in Box Hill because, no. you know, there's awesome food there. And this was a place I'd never been to, a Korean joint called Dubu. And um, um, and I had this uh, set, I suppose you could say. Uh, very, very interesting in the fact that it came out first. There was like a stainless steel bowl holding rice that was super hot. Don't touch it with your hands, otherwise you will burn yourself. And you scoop all the rice out and you put that into a bowl. And then there's like this sokrat, you know, this when you cook rice... And it gets all crispy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was What's it called? Socrat. Huh. That's what the uh, Spanish call it on the bottom of a paella. It's very good. <clears throat> but then you get all these bits and pieces, a bit of kimchi, a little bit of... Um, uh, there was some green seaweed. There was sort of this flower stuff, battered stuff there. Other bits and pieces anyway. But the main, the hero, is this bowl with a red soup quite hot, as in chilli was, because it's Korean, mm. a cuisine of great power, some say. Um, but it was silken tofu, hard-boiled egg, and a couple clams, and just as a little textural shift, some enoki mushrooms. Brilliant. 20 uh-huh. bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah, and the idea is you put uh, a little bit of um, a little bit of rice and then dip it in the soup and then eat away and then... With a queue a mile long outside, there always seems to be. Outside. I've just managed to get in because it was probably peak lunchtime and it was incredible by 2 o'clock there was hardly anybody in there. Yeah. But it's called Do Boo in Box Hill and I'll um, post some shots. It is 12.14. Um, you've been anywhere interesting, Tim? I should, um, should inquire. You know, I knew you were going to ask me this. I went yeah. to a place in the city and I cannot remember the name of it. But it was one of those dark, woody sort of places. Dark and wooden, sort yes. of around the four hundreds, up near Queen Street. No, I can't. And yes. I had a lovely sort of raw salmon sort of dish. It was delicious. Ooh, nice yeah. bo- a nice bowl. Yeah, with a sort of a white saucy thing on it. it a little bit of QP mayonnaise, maybe. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it could be it. Yeah, nice. It. Yeah, and what I must say, I expected because I went with someone who's got a bit of dosh, you know. Yeah. And I thought, oh, the bill. We split the bill. Yeah, help. It's it, you know two glasses of wine plus that. But oh, lunchtime, I thought, gonna be know, doing the dishes again. Yeah, fifty bucks for the whole lot. Oh, which, really? Which is more than I normally spend on a meal, but I thought that was pretty reasonable. Yes, that is good. Yeah, and we will we'll see what happens. I'll but find out what it was called. 
Maybe Rose Grundy will know, and we'll it'll be interesting that. to see what um, her angle is on that. But before we do that, uh, Hannah Asafiri is coming on, and uh, but um, we thought we'd just put a little bit of music on, and you and I put our thinking caps together, and we thought Nina might be good to break through the dawn of this day. In a bit of a remix, you're on Triple R. Hit it, Tim. Melbourne's own. Triple R. 12.22 here on 3 Triple RFM. It's the afternoon of a new day. And uh, that's why we thought we'd put Nina Simone on. <laughs> and uh, just helping me out with a little bit of an appreciative laugh, we have across from my good self, fabulous human Hannah Asafiri. Hannah, a very good afternoon to you. Oh, Top of the afternoon to you, Cameron. Top of the afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gosh, what a day. Uh, yes, what a what an incredible day. Um, it, it's funny. Um, after so long when things change so comprehensively and we can actually say fundamentally, hmm. um, especially within Melbourne. Hmm. It, I think it's reaffirming, actually, for, for someone like me who... Yeah, what are your thoughts on who today? Who often often uh, believes in the decency of humans mm. and and the capacity, I guess, for all of us to lean back into our humanity. I think the results last night really spoke to that, that often we find ourselves jaded and apathetic and frustrated and politicians use formulas to divide and fracture society and at times they work for a little while. Mm. But I think Australians fundamentally um, arrive at interpreting the political landscape uh, from a very different place. We, we naturally go for the underdog. We naturally are made better than the sum of the political parties spin. So, yes, when we're unsettled a little, maybe they're able to create fear and division, but I think mm-hmm. with enough time people come back to what they know and what they know is that we're wired for good. We do have a capacity for to be communal and no better place has that been showcased than Melbourne and our <laughs> and our um, not only emphatic rejection of divisive politics. Repudiation. But, yeah. but also I think how we responded to the pandemic. A lot of people sacrificed, a lot of people were devastated, but we did it um, for, despite, the, for the common, for the common good. good. There's yeah. a sense of communal mm. understanding mm. that doesn't exist um, and certainly hasn't been cultivated. So I'm happy. Um, or I'm celebrated. Just, or ce- well, now's the time. We're, we're celebrating. Yes. Um, absolutely yes. celebrating. And I hope it's, it's an opportunity moving forward uh, because we can't just rest on the laurels of the win. I think what we need now is to begin to heal and rebuild. And this is where I find uh, opportunity and exciting times for us to begin to speak, to bring in people back together. And isn't it funny, I was reflecting on that last night because one of the reasons you're here is the way that uh, the Moroccan soup kitchen is pivoting. And I'm, and I'm thinking, going... <laughs> Why? What? No, no, no. Why? No, I was just thinking with this was one of the last things because obviously I was thinking about the interview today, but um, the fact that your timing is so perfect for this now (laughs) because it is um, maybe rather than uh, me put words in your mouth, let's just jump into the fact that 
uh, all is well. And all has been going, uh, even though it's been very, very hard with COVID, with the Moroccan soup kitchen. But as of June 30th, it is going to change fundamentally hmm. in two main respects. Maybe we should talk to that and hmm. um, and uh, hmm. see why maybe the part two is just such beautiful timing for what you're intending to do. Hmm. Well, First of all, Moroccan soup Moroccan kitchen. Moroccan soup bar. So... It, it, it's been around for a while. Uh, almost a quarter of a century, almost. Congratulations. And uh, that's telling of my age. And mm. I'm someone who celebrates getting older, guys. Come on. It's a mm. good thing. Yeah, um, I think, but yeah, we're cool with it, yeah. On, on a seri- more serious note, that the Moroccan super has been well embraced by an extraordinary community who's – we offered something up that even at the time was, was um, unconventional. Mm-hmm. As as a <laughs> hospitality venue, and our quest at the time was to circuit break the cycle of disadvantage for women through employment disadvantage and or crisis, and in the hope that that through practical removal of barriers that they're able to transition from their crisis to independence. That was the broad brush thinking. I had no idea that a community was hungry for. Um, a better expression of and a more meaningful engagement with food and hospitality and where people congregate. Fast forward 25 years, we went from supporting women specifically to engaging with community because we've also seen community uh, and community issues come under extraordinary attack by governments, uh, successive governments, and I know we've had some more compassionate than others, but on the real issues of asylum seekers, the climate, uh, women, um, we found ourselves more and more leaving those what society has perceived as marginal issues, leaving them to individuals and locals and communities to pick up the slack. Mm. When governments have uh, continued to to create further divisions and fracture our society, so we began to do community engagement initiatives, things like Speed Data Muslim, where women acutely were the recipients of hostilities levelled at Muslims. Yes. These aren't just concepts where governments just talk about anti-Islamic sentiment or... So, li- lived realities every lived day. Lived realities. And that, yeah. that seemed to resonate, which then emboldened us even more. We uh, walk alongside First Nations issues and become allies in that conversation, no matter our causes and we all have many but we simultaneously have a responsibility in this conversation so the community just lapped up everything we offered up every time we talked about uh, those those values that make us human those values that are communal and responsible to our privileges community just wanted more so we did more and more community events how, now, did, how did COVID uh, sort that, that's, of... <laughs> that's the that is the turning point for mm. us I guess so COVID came and really upended not just the Moroccan super I think everything everything about the way we relate to each other our social cues, the way we relate to our parents, our siblings, our children, uh, when we could see them, when we couldn't, our relationship to food, everything changed. If and when you can hold them close for hugging them. Absolutely. For instance. And, And I think that with it brought the capacity to pause for a moment and the capacity to... Reflect. um, 
Absolutely. And to rethink what are the the foundational values that will assist us to heal. And all the while, the rhetoric, Murdoch Media and the governments of the day kept talking about snapping back. That that <laughs> that made me crazy. I just thought, how did... You too. Huh? We, we can't snap... We're still because well Because the, the thought is... is uh, excuse me for interrupting you. It's very oh. rude. Um, you know, the, the <laughs> thought of being... Uh, and just an economy and maybe not perhaps a community. Absolutely. Perhaps. And, perhaps. <laughs> and look, I think, again, that was showcased in the result that um, not only um, – I mean, where do you even begin with other than to say we're still well and truly in a pandemic mm. and for us who are – uh, afforded the responsibility as carers of those in our employment and those who visit our spaces, um, with that I have a responsibility not to accept that it's ever okay that my staff and colleagues and community are put in harm's way just as a matter of going to work and being sick two or three times a year and pretending that that in any way is acceptable. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the main kind of – the impetus for rethinking hospitality. Um, And and the model of – The model of delivering uh, in spaces where people congregate. So uh, we rethought – because initially it was about getting women out of the home – and putting them in employment mm. and remunerating and supporting um, their transition. So yep. initially that's what was safe. Now it's actually unsafe to put them in places and spaces where people are on top of each other. Mm. So, uh, look, long story short, we're responding to the times um, in terms of we obviously want to safeguard the very values of strong community which sit alongside how we deliver hospitality. Uh, So we are moving from dine-in services. Um, 30 June will be the last dine-in where people can come into our spaces and dine-in. But we're turning that into, for the first time, delivering. And we're partnering with companies who not only share our values but certainly invite companies who can potentially change some of their conduct. So we're not going down the path of Uber Eats necessarily but we will be working with and exploring uh, Kookaburra who who is, um, I think, similar value base. We're looking at DoorDash who want to shift their thinking around the climate. DoorDash, yes. and we've had many conversations before we even accepted that they're happy with the flexibility to change some of their um, responses to the climate, to women, to waste, to all the values that are important to, to us, to First Nations, um, and and exploring a, a, a commercial kitchen where we can compost, where we can still maintain all the things that have made the Moroccan super resonate with our community. So that's one component. And so there we go. <clears throat> so to summarise, the delivery. restaurant is going to be taking um, a bit of a break as a, the communal space where it's all happening. Instead, the food is going to go out to, out to the food. community, but and. with that comes 
a great opportunity that you have seen and you are grasping with both hands. The conversation salons. Uh-huh. The conversation salons. Tell, so, tell us about that. Oh, look, this is where I'm so excited. Uh-huh. I, I think, look, the Moroccan Super, in our pivoting and reinventing, we created these themed dining rooms where mm. uh, the idea was yet again to engage with uh, the issues which make us human, certainly not political leanings, but the issues which, which impact us all no matter our political leanings, like the climate, First Nations, women, uh, intimacy and consent, uh, seeking asylum. And all those issues, um, I think, sadly, we have been really polarised on. Uh, we've pitted the... We've been wedged. Absolutely. And we've, we've, been pitted, we've pitted the yep. climate against the economy. We've mm-hmm. pitted men versus women. We've pitted intelligence. And, we've, been, versus, and, and uh, we've also been appealed to the very basic thing of fear. Absolutely. Yep. Our curiosity has turned into fear. Mm-hmm. So the conversation salon for us is, is offering Melbourne something new, something, a response, our response to hospitality where fundamentally women – Uh, throughout history step into spaces of crises and begin to heal by using intelligence, compassion as our strength, uh, conversation and engagement. Um, And now is the time to reintroduce that and step into the wedges that are being created and the fractures. The Conversation Salons is basically offering people still the opportunity to have Moroccan Super Banquet sitting alongside... A banquet of ideas where we have some of the most inspirational, intelligent speakers who can inspire a room and invite a contestation of ideas, a coming together and engaging on topics that have no place and space at the moment so we can begin to rebuild and heal from the ground up, um, begin to build and heal where the next generation can look to uh, a concept which is promoting humanity and justice and fairness and responsibility to privilege and resonate with that. That the all these issues need in all of us. When I started this conversation, I said we can't just rest on the laurels of electing a Labor government. What we need to do is do all the groundwork and work together with a myriad of strategies to begin to heal and rebuild Australia as we know it. Australia is a place to celebrate diversity and not fear it. The only way you can have a real groundswell is to have real people behind it. That's right. And tell us... How do these look? Where can we find out about them? And um, maybe you could tell us about maybe the very first one or two scheduled. Um, Okay, so the conversation salons are coming to Melbourne and we're trying to curate them like an entire theatre production. Yes. um, Where uh, each salon will be hosted, and at the moment I'm in conversations, with a series of Melbourne institutions Mm -hmm. um, where the relationship... Uh, obviously makes sense in terms of the topic we're talking about. So if we're discussing asylum seekers, we are hoping to host it at the Immigration Museum. Perfect. If we're discussing women and the status of women and affording women dignity and respect in a meaningful way, not the double speak, that will be held probably at the Queen Vic Women's Centre. Oh, yeah. If, yes. we're, if we're talking about sexuality and uh, our troubled response, and I don't even understand why, um, that will probably be at the Victorian Pride Centre. Um, if On we, Fitzroy Street. 
in St Kilda. Yeah, the, yes. the new one. Yes, yeah, the new one. Amazing building. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking about freedom of speech and uh, how thinking, inquiring minds have been have become elitist, we'll probably host that at the state library. So I was thinking Queens Hall would be a great place to do that. Queens Hall. Yeah. Okay. Look, nothing's set in concrete. Oh, that's a, other, at, the, yeah, at the library. Yeah. Just, so, just a part of it. Yeah. So at, at the moment the thinking is, and, and if we're talking about privilege and responsibility, wait for it. Drum, wait for it. Drum roll. Yeah. I'm thinking the Lyceum Club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Audacious, yes. Well, so the thing. Why not? Well, the idea is to take people who don't normally frequent these spaces yes. and to build the bridges that are necessary. Yep. In conversation and not to be afraid of differing points of view. It is it enriches us when we can contest ideas and differ, not when we attack and accuse and insult and abuse and purge. Um, and I think rebuilding that society is a responsibility of us all and it is especially so important now. Oh, there's one more that also excites me, the arts and the role of the arts in a society um, will probably be negotiated at the NGV. Are you going to be inviting any of the new House of Reps representatives, perhaps the uh, some of these teal independents? I'm sure there's some Absolutely, simpatico yes. there and yes, there's probably yes. some that you might have already... Yes. ..that know you and you know. Yes. Look, uh, we will invite... Um, I mean, the conversation salons were, at the last century, introduced by women and hosted uh, artists and intellectuals and poets and rat bags and anybody who was anybody. Bohemes, yep. we're, we're just re-bringing that back mm. um, because it's time now and it's time to reintroduce it in this modern contemporary way. So, I look, if... If they're, they're happy to inspire and speak to some of those values, I'll invite anybody. Yep. As long as, um, I guess, the, the premise is that we don't judge, but rather we invite an invitation to engage with all the values that make us human. How do we find out about this? Uh, so you have to, at the moment, look, I'm not very media savvy in terms of social media platforms, but... Look on our website. Instagram website yeah. and uh, Facebook. We will update, but the first one that we are scheduling is on women at the Queen Vic Women's Centre, and at this point it's 15th September. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll keep you posted and we'll let you know who the amazing speakers are. Yes. The other thing, please, 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 uh, we hope that this new model finds a home and finds resonance with the community in the same way the first model of Moroccan Super did. So catering, gonna... delivery, mm. Mm. Um, I mean, without our community, it just won't work. So we hope that it's something that, you know, you have an appetite for. Uh, are these going to be recorded so that you, the people will be able to witness them afterwards? Uh, look, all these are possibilities. Uh, I mean, it's nebul nebulous yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Here is one thing that we know as I, uh, as uh, we wrap this up is the fact that uh, the Moroccan Soup Kitchen uh, there on St George's Road will be serving uh, as they have uh, <laughs> until the 30th of this month. So you've got that chance to uh, go. Please avail yourself of all the socials of uh, that uh, that Hannah has for information that's coming up. It's so 
amazing, uh, an idea that is so timely and uh, so suited now to the times as, uh, as this weekend has shown. Thank you Amazing so much. Amazing vindication, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And look, we've always known, I think without hope, we can't proceed. And mm. we've always had hope in the decency of humans. And Australia, yet again, I, I just think you can't fool people boy, for too long. Oh boy, it was, it was tested last night. Yeah. It really was I know, in, the in the beginning. beginning. Yeah, 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 every, yeah. The whole, whole of Australia had a gut rush, I think. Um, Hannah, it's just been a delight for you to come in. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Cameron. Triple R. Hello, this is Peter Hitchener from National 9 News. Eat it. It's always good news to me. <laughs> to Hitch! Haven't heard from him for a while. Thank you, Tim, uh, for doing that. Triple R is where you're at. Uh, what a fabulous interview. And now we have Rosalind Grundy, who's in the studio, lovely to see you. You too, Cam. It's been a while, isn't it's it? It's been a while since I've been in the studio. Yeah, and you said you were delighted to be able to be working with this great man on the uh, on the desk here. That's right. As I said, long time listener, first time meter. Yeah, if you uh, if you've just joined us, uh, Tim Thorpe has agreed to help out with production duties. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure, Cam. Mm-hmm. And um, we're here to talk about. Uh, that problematic child that you look after so well and you have through the years and uh, although kind of difficult with uh, with COVID. We talk about the uh, the Age Good Food Guide, um, the national guide. No longer national. R- yes. Great move. <laughs> that, whose idea was that? Well, it just seemed... I mean, after two years of um, pandemic where we have not been able to cross borders and so on. It yeah. just seemed very prudent to go back to our roots and return to what we do best, and that is serve our state. So, yeah. Bloody great idea because I never really understood why. It seemed, I, well, like, no, a, it, it seemed, it seemed like, like a good, good idea, idea at, at the, the time. time. Yeah, I know. But, but now... Now times have changed and, and we're evolving too. And what a great idea it is now. Um, but... So what what has been the reality with with the whole industry closed for pretty much the last couple of years yeah. and pivoting to doing takeaway? Um, I'm right in saying that it just was put into hiatus. Yeah? Well, not really hiatus. What we did over two years was try to support and celebrate the hospitality industry Which as much as we could. Very well, um, yes. Without scoring, without awarding hats, which have been mm. a key plank of what we do. And, yeah, benchmarking. Uh, that's right. And, and it's been over the years, because it's been going for 42 years, the Good Food Guide. I'm just a custodian of it. Um, I haven't been there the whole time, I might, I might add. Yeah. Um, is that over those years, the guide has served as a benchmark for um, the industry. And we've helped kind of set the standards for restaurants around the country. And dare I say it, it's very high. It was known as pretty much the food Oscars. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, people have variously called it the the restaurant industry bible and so on and so yeah. forth. So ah. anyway, so this year we're going back These to... These re- platitudes, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it, it's, it is the biggest and most important 
independent restaurant guide in in the country. Yes, I think I can say that without and, contradiction. And in, and in fact, we even you know, and also the, with the finger on the pulse, because uh, one of the reasons we've got Hannah was in here is the fact that you broke that story about um, Hannah's uh, moving and pivoting off. So yeah, she it should be acknowledged. She's such a smart cookie, Hannah. She's mm. such a smart cookie, and and I really wish her very well in in that late latest. Um, Iteration. Iteration of what yes. she's what she's doing. But um yeah, how do you bring back the band and get yeah. all the reviewers happening and send them all out? And well, we, uh, we were doing all of that as best we could over the past couple of years, sending out reviewers and, yes. and, and that sort of thing. But now it's a bit more like it used to be with reviewers going out to the Four Winds and reporting back and bringing us a score. In a, in a good brief style, which is, right. is part yes. of the template of Good Sum Food Guide. Sum up that guide. restaurant in 140 golden words, please, people. Golden words with great adjectives. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, is it all about the adjectives? It is. Yeah. I, in almost every other kind of journalism, <laughs> you, you're told to take out the adjectives. No, but no, if you take one. out adjectives in food writing, you're not left with a whole lot. No. Yeah. The soup was hot. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was wet. It was wet. <laughs> um, Where do yes. you go from there? So, so we're doing hats, mm. and we're also this hats year back. introducing hearts. It's a new thing hearts. for us. Hearts. Oh, liqueur. So it's basically um, like a critic's liqueur choice award. Liqueur de cuisine. <laughs> Why, how are you going to? What's a heart do? Well, Signify. A, a heart is. Um, so I don't know whether you know this. Oh, yes, I'm sure you do know this, but a well, lot of um, listeners may not know that we score out of 20. And if you score 15 or more out of 20, you get various different hats. Le Touc. It's, yeah. it's our way of award, awarding or rewarding the best restaurants as we see it. And acknowledging, yes. And so the hearts, are they function more like critics' choice. So it might not be... The highest scoring restaurant, but it's a place that we love, a place that we would cross town for, a place that we think contributes um, something really key to Victoria. And a place like um, Moroccan Soup Bar, it, it might not score on all of those things in, um, in a more traditional sense, we love it. It's what, a heart, what's it, you know. What's Quan 88? What's the place in um, Burke Street above uh, where the Wilson car parking is? Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, little, Soy 38. Yeah, that's it. Yes, so, yes. Would, would that be a good example yes, of that? Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. And okay. and places, you know, maybe out in Glen Waverley that do mm. fantastic Sri Lankan food or, yeah. you know, we're trying to just find... Um, uh, and do you regard that as a second tier or is no, it... No, no, not at all. No, 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 no. no don't the, go there, Cam. <laughs> no, not at all. No. I think it's a way of really trying to capture the way people are eating now. They don't want to have fine dining every night. Who does? Yeah. Um, they don't want to have um, tablecloths and all of that necessarily. And that no one can afford that, no one... Does that? So it's, a, it's a real, actually, recognition of the new economics that we're sort of hurtling into Absolutely. as well. Yeah, it that's really what is. Tim and I were talking about at the beginning of the show. Yes, I, I can see some parallels, really, with um, what's happened in the election, in that we're all having to kind of reassess, rethink the way we are thinking about the state of politics, the state of restaurants. 
I mean, our humanity, our community. Yeah, it, we really are. And, mm. and you know, restaurants. The reviewers have been given instructions to be kinder and gentler on matters of service and things Softer like that. Softer hands. Yes, well, they are because how how do you um, slap a restaurant down for not delivering? Absolutely A1 service when there are just no service staff on the floor. So we're, we're, being, we're taking that into account. It's a really key point for our reviewers that they have to be mindful of the difficulties that restaurants are going through at the moment with staffing, Recog- both in the kitchen rec- and on the floor, yeah. Yeah, recognise the zeitgeist. Yeah, that's right. For what it is. Yeah. And so... How do you do that? I mean, you know, is a place able to get three hats when the, I don't know, waiter's sort of stumbling around and has spilt the drink over you? Well, I think we have to look at kind of the intent behind uh-huh. what they're trying to do. I yes. mean, I, I don't I'm taking an absolutely extreme example I know, that I can think I know. of, obviously. I know, but I mean, if you can see that they are trying to do the to do their best, they mm. are. Um, you know, I, I was at a restaurant. I was at Grill Americano very shortly after that yeah, opened, and? and most of the staff were really polished, very. Um, they look very snappy. Very all the white <laughs> white jackets. They looked amazing. Yeah. But there were there were a couple of staff who weren't as polished, but I could see that they were trying, and that the more senior staff were trying to. Take them under their wing. Take them under and, their wing, yeah. direct them, help them. And, you know, so I could see that it would get there further down the track. And, and mm. I, think, I think that we have to be observant and just be watching out for that as reviewers and as diners, and, really. And as reviewers, been around long enough that you can recognise those, those sort of things, yeah? Well, that's right. I mean, we've always have given reviewers the instruction to kind of observe what's happening at the table next to you. If, if you're being given a ginormous steak and the person next to you who orders the same thing gets a much more modest steak, well, you just know that you're being kind of um, buttered up a bit. And similarly, if um, as a reviewer you can see that you're sucking all the service out of the room, if you're recognised, which can happen, yeah, right. what's happening at the other tables? Just be trying to keep an eye on... You know how they're managing that sort of thing, and mm. yeah, it's a it's a juggle. It's going to be a juggle, but but yeah. Um, okay, we've got about three minutes left, Ross. First of all, uh, when is it out? When can we see this? Uh, it'll this be great later thing? this year. I'm not sure that we've quite settled on a date. And, you know, we're end of winter all, around spring, sort of roundabout October, November. Yeah, I would okay. think, yeah, yeah. Um, and the obvious thing is, with the you know last few minutes, we have always loved to ask. Where have you been eating, and, and what, what what have you, what have you really really liked? Oh, like, I went. I actually went to a new place in the city called Sarai. I was there for the opening night, so it's no yeah. no indication of what it's going to be like when you're sitting at a table. But S E R A I, a new contemporary Filipino place, and oh, the snacks were unbelievably good. So I'm really excited for that. I can't wait to go there. It's in a little laneway off, little. Burke, I think it is. Yeah, yep. okay. that was sensational. Um, Haven't had a lot of Philippines food in this town. No, have we? neither have I, and I feel like we're seeing a little bit more of that. Yes. Um, and where else have I been? Well, Grill Americano that impressed me actually. I 
wasn't sure how Would much. You have done oh yes, it's expensive. Bring it is. Money. It is. Bring or, lots of money. Or bring someone with a business account that they can pay for. Nice. Me. Okay, they're handy. <laughs> um, Gosh, we had more of those. Yes. And hmm, no, I'm just I'm looking forward to going out and just having things like noodles in laneways and that kind of thing as well. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And and what about at home? What have you been cooking at home? Cooking at home. Well, at this time of year, I usually tell you about my fijoa trees. Yes. And so I've been cooking with fijoas. in it. It was a very good crop this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So fijoa cake, fijoa cookies I'm trying today. I've just made them, see how they work out, and so on. Yep. How does fijoa work in a cookie? Do you lose all, all that stuff? Yeah. Oh, look, I'll tell you about that some other some time. Some other time because you, you're being very good because while I've been just wrapped looking at you, Tim's been waving going, mate, we've wind got it to up, people. wind it up, hey, Tim, we've got to do this, don't we? We do, we do. We've got uh, some important messages to play, Cam. First of all, Roz, love you. Thank Thanks, you for Cam. coming in. Tim, Thanks, you Tim. rock. Love you too, buddy. Thank you for helping out with the hour. Yeah, that's it. Um, Rosalind, thank you for coming on. And uh, Tim, again, thank you for uh, looking after things. Indigenuity is on after this. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.